So far this month, we've covered the conversations that you should have with your family, a variety of topics around technology and what it's doing to our families and our brains and our businesses, the good and the bad. So today I wanted to outline a process that's going to help you tame the tech jungle, as I like to say, and make sure you are intentionally using it as a positive tool that it's meant to be and not slipping into habits that are going to make you wonder how you ended up there or how your kids ended up there or how years pass and this is just infiltrated into your family and your business and your life to a point where now you're facing addictions and things that you have to get out of it. So we're going to talk about finding your path forward and your approach to a good relationship with technology within your family. And this can bleed into your business and how you handle things there. Okay, let's raise them up right. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, This short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. So how do you find your rhythms for your family when it comes to technology? The the spectrum is very broad. You have the families who have a hard line in the sand where it's no technology whatsoever. And then you have the families on the other side of the spectrum that really have no boundaries around it. It's completely taken over. It has rewired the kids' brains. The parents are addicted. And nobody's even really aware of it. It's almost like reminds me, that side of the spectrum reminds me of the movie, is it Wally, where it shows like the people that are super obese and kind of in their chairs and just living in this virtual world. And they're not even really aware of how detrimental it is to their health or their life or their relationships or anything. That's what we're seeing. And it's actually really scary because that lack of awareness is what's leading to the perpetuation of this stuff. And it's ultimately affecting our kids in the next generation. It's scary to think about who is going to be leading us in future generations, people who have been raised completely run on technology. So I think the key is being aware, which is why we're bringing you a lot of tools and talking about things like how are you being targeted? How are your kids being targeted through advertising? What are your options? What are other families doing? What is the science behind how technology can affect the brain? Are you addicted to tech? All these different things. Also from the angle of being an entrepreneur, the reality is we are on our devices generally speaking, more than others, because sometimes it is out of necessity. So how do we strike that balance and have a healthy relationship with technology, despite the fact that we kind of need it? So all of this comes into play when it comes to developing your path forward to have this healthy relationship with technology as a family, because likely only a very small percentage of you might choose that path where it's no technology whatsoever. And I think that will be really difficult for those of you who might run businesses that require you to be 
utilizing devices. We talked a lot over time recently about your family mission statement and writing out your true north values. And there's a reason that we talk about this. There's a reason we talked about this long before we ever broached the subject of technology specifically. And now we want to hone in a little more specifically on a guiding statement for your family that you can use when it comes to technology. Why? Because sometimes a line between the online world and the real world can get really blurry. And it's important to have something that's going to ground you, that's going to ground the kids, that you can come back to and refer to as a family, and when one of your team members is out of alignment. If you haven't done those exercises yet in True North, you can head on over to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash True North. It's a great starting place, and it's going to help you establish those values you need to go into these future pieces of this exercise I'm going to talk about. But the first step is having each family member write out those five to 10 characteristics they want to be known by or the values that they want to live by every day. For example, I want to be trustworthy or creative or kind or generous. So if you are struggling with this, that True North guide is going to help you pull these out. But you essentially put down the character traits and values found in that guide. And you can talk about how this list can help guide how you actually interact in the online world. And I think this is extra important for your kids because right now we see, we've talked about it on previous episodes, where kids either think they're safe because it's on Snapchat and it disappears or someone posts something, but then they can delete it. Or they have screen muscles where they're hiding behind their screen and they'll say or do things that they would never do to someone's face. But This can be a great rule of thumb when it comes to technology, just having standards and living by your values, whether you're in the online world or the virtual world. Before you comment or post, ask yourself, if someone reads this, will they believe those characteristics about me? Will they believe that I'm living by those values? Or is this out of congruence and out of alignment with that? The second step is writing out some boundaries that your family will be able to abide by to help direct the role you allow technology to play in your home. And I say that very specifically, the role you allow technology to play in your home. This is not a passive process. This is not a, well, we'll just see how it plays out. Or, yeah, we'll get that iPad, but, you know, they, they'll know how much they can use it. No, it's taking an active role and being hyper aware of how you're choosing to allow technology to be used in your home. So some examples could be uh, phones will be plugged in downstairs and left there, right? They're not allowed in the bedrooms or around the dinner table. Or maybe you have some processes where kids can earn time with devices or lose time with devices. I've seen some people where they have a minute system where there are certain things like living out those values or helping around the house or being kind or whatever it might be that they can earn minutes on that device, but there can also be opportunities for them to lose minutes based on how they're behaving or what they might be doing. And what are the consequences for breaking the boundaries? This is so helpful because the reality is, is that discipline is a powerful tool, but it also shows often how imperfect we are. I know for me, I can say, I'm not going to scroll Instagram, but 
when it comes down to discipline, sometimes I'll find myself scrolling because like we've talked about previously, these devices are designed and these tools and apps and everything are designed to be addictive. So instead of constantly having to fight nature, what are some boundaries that you can put into place to make it easier to stick to how you want technology to be used in your home? You can say, don't use your phone at night, but if you allow your kids to keep their phone by their bedside, which is a whole other conversation around EMFs and radiation that you don't want your kids' phones or devices sitting by their bed while they're sleeping. It is literal radiation, which can lead to radiation poisoning, which is why we're seeing so many more tumors in kids and cancers in kids. That's a whole other conversation. And ADD, and it affects brain waves and all of that. I could go on a tangent for days about that. Very backed by science, but not talked about enough. So you could easily say, yeah, no phones. In your, or I'm sorry, no, using your phone at night. But if their phones are in their room, now you've tempted them. You know, growing up, my mom always used to say, you know, if you leave money lying around, like if you're at school and you leave 10 bucks on your desk and you go up and go to the bathroom and someone steals it, you deserve it because you've tempted someone to do that. So that money's not yours anymore. And I look at it the same way of like, okay. We're going to put this addictive device right within your reach. We're going to close the door where we can't watch and see what's happening and just tell you to be disciplined enough not to pick it up. That's not fair to your kids. And it's not fair to you either. Do you sleep with your phone by your bed? Put the science and the health, the massive health detriments, put those aside for a minute and just look at what are your kind of unconscious behaviors because your phone's within reach. Instead of having conscious time with your spouse and time alone at the end of the night? Are you both on your phone scrolling? How gross is that? That this has become a norm in our society, but we literally put it in our hands. We make it so much harder for us to succeed. So I know for us, we have a boundary that I really like is that we don't have any phones in the main space of the house. So we don't, and we don't sleep with them in the bedroom. So it's basically relegated to the office and unique times where we're using it for something. So we've also created structures around that because otherwise I'm sitting at the kitchen island doing something on my phone while my kid's trying to get my attention because that's where I interact with them the most. Or I'm, you know, doing something where I could be immersed in cooking or my children or my family, but I'm getting distracted by my phone pinging at me. We've also gone as far to take this really seriously, because I do believe it's something that should be taken seriously, to bring in other tools that allow us to be off our phone. Some people will be like, well, how do you then like take videos of your kids or pictures of your kids? Like we leave our DSLR camera on the counter (laughs) so that we can take great photos. Or I have a, I call it my dummy phone. It has nothing on it and no way to, it's my old phone that I've stripped of everything. And I'll use that to capture some footage of the kids. And then I upload it later to things like Instagram. I don't do it in the moment, but it allows me to still capture moments and memories when I want to. And because I'm the type that's like, oh, well, I want my parents or my siblings or people to be able to reach us at any time that, you know, if something goes wrong or they need us, I asked for a house phone for my birthday one year because that allowed me to put my phone away without any worry about the people I love being able to reach me. So I'm willing to go to great lengths because I think it's that critical. Step three is talking about what phone etiquette will be for your family. 
For example, how you use it when you're in the presence of other people, how you use it in public, not allowed to interact online with people they don't know. We can read our kids' texts if they're given, you know, give us a reason to, and we always have access to everything they're doing. Those are some things I've heard other families doing. My kids are too young. They don't have technology. But I think these are things to consider where you have those open conversations of it's not about us watching you. It's about just having nothing to hide within our family, about being honest and doing the honorable things that allow us to live by our values and not hiding behind a screen and doing things that we wouldn't be proud of. And I think it's so critical. Like when we go to a restaurant, we have three little kids. Our youngest is the most strong-willed kid I've ever met. I know there are a lot of moms in here like rolling their eyes like, you haven't met my kid. Well, I'm with you. Solidarity. Do you know how much easier it would be to put a phone in front of my kid when we're at a restaurant and she's fussing versus like taking her out or having to work through the tantrum or whatever? But we just have a hard line on that in our family. We will not be the family where the kids are just completely zoned out watching television as we go out to dinner for a family experience. And I'm sorry if that offends people who are like, you don't know how hard it is or, you know, like, don't judge. I'm not judging. I I just don't think it's the right thing to do. I think it's really hurting our children. I think it's really hurting the family dynamic. And what is it teaching your kids? That here, like you can be an eight-year-old, but will slip the passy of the phone in your mouth because you don't want to have to interact with human beings or you're bored. This is creating that ADHD culture where I have to constantly be stimulated by something really entertaining or else I'm going to be fussy and throwing a tantrum or throwing a fit or bored or whatever it might be instead of teaching our kids tough. Like this is life. Use your brain, have a conversation, make eye contact. You don't always get what you want in the moment that you want it. These are the tough things. And it is the harder thing to do. Take it from a parent who multiple times has had multiple kids melting down at the same time in a restaurant, in an airport. And I could just stuff that pacifier of the phone right in front of their face and end it all right there. But that to me is to the detriment of my children. It might be to my comfort and ease in that moment, but it's not to their benefit long term. And I'm here to play the long game with my kids. I'm not here to end tantrums in this moment. I'm here to raise leaders and help my kids become the people they're called to be. And that oftentimes means doing the harder thing. Step four is to discuss what to do if any family members sees something concerning or alarming online and helping them understand what, what would that look like? Because kids are innocently playing games or doing things, and they don't know that they are, there's a predator on the other side of that. They don't know that there's an adult pretending to be a kid on the other side of that. So how can you help them look for those warning signs and create a safe place to have a discussion around a game plan when this time occurs or when something like this happens? How can you make them vigilant and and really advocates for themselves where, yes, you're going to protect them and do everything you can, but there are going to be many times where you can't because you're not there or they're at a friend's house or they're at school or they're using their phone alone where you can have that open dialogue and give them a safe place to come and say, hey, I did this and I shouldn't have and this is what resulted or I saw this and I I don't think it was quite the right thing, so I want to talk to you about it. So these are the kind of things that when you open up these conversations early and often and you discuss what's okay and what's not, they'll feel safer coming to you. Step five is write the bullet points from these discussions and summarize what your family has agreed on, right? The 
boundaries, the standards by which you guys have chosen to live. And this will be your guide and reminder for when things get off balance. And you can go as far as printing that out and having each member sign it. Have each member have some skin in the game. Yeah, I'm willing to live by this. And I think kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They understand cause and effect. So it's not, you can't do that because mom said so, or you're not allowed to do that because dad said so, or we don't have phones because your parents said so. It's why? What happens when they do have phones? What happens when they don't have boundaries? What happens to their brain? Like all the stuff we've been talking about in these weeks are great conversations to have, age-appropriate conversations to have with your kids. Technology can really sneak in. The culture we live in, it's really a part of everything. Our freaking home is heated by tech. Like we have nest things, whatever, the thermometers, thermostats. And when someone rings your doorbell, you're watching them from your phone. If you have a baby monitor, sometimes it's hooked up to Wi-Fi and you're watching it from an app from another house. Like, you know, you could travel and you could watch your kid at home. Technology is in every part of our lives. So it's it's hard to just avoid it. But when you can have strengthening, powerful, and grounding conversations and boundaries and rules and standards as a family that align with your value system, now you can live by those things. And just a word to the wise, at the risk of whatever people might say about me for having this opinion, I know there are a lot of parents out there who think it's completely innocent to just give their kid an iPad. Like they just watch a little show on it or they just play some games on it. And they haven't dug into what we've been talking about all month. I would strongly challenge you because I know you. I know you love your child. I know it matters to you to raise a well-adjusted, thriving child who becomes a well-adjusted, thriving, successful adult. It's the same way saying, oh, I'll just feed them Happy Meals and chicken nuggets because they like it and it makes them happy, but I'm not going to look into what's that doing to their body. It's the same premise. We cannot go forward just blind. We cannot go forward just assuming that it's innocent to give our kid access to the entire world or to train their brain to only receive stimulation and that's the only time they're happy or satisfied. You think it's coincidental that most kids have some form of ADD or ADHD. Do you think it's coincidental that so many children are suffering from different cognitive delays, developmental delays, behavioral issues and problems, or even just levels of happiness and satisfaction? Kids aren't getting outside and playing and creating their own fun. It's having to be produced for them on a screen, manufactured for them on a screen. How can that not be rewiring a brain? How can that not be affecting them chemically in their bodies? And it's up, we are the gatekeepers. We don't get to say it's just a technology world and we're just living in it. This is just how it is. Actually, we do get to say it, but we have to, we have to reap what we sow. I've seen so many of my friends and peers just not dive into this yet. And eventually they will wake up to it, but it's going to be a more painful process to unearth with a teenager or a young adult who has been addicted to this technology. Imagine exposing your kid to alcohol at the age of five and they have their first drink and they feel warm and nice and, you know, like pain is kind of relieved and they like it. So every day they drink a little bit more 
and they drink and they drink and they drink. And for 20 years, they drink a little bit every day and it's fine. It's okay. It's not killing them. But what is that doing to them? And then try and take that away. This is literally addictive stuff. It is designed to chemically change your child's brain, even if they just watch a little show here and there, even if they just play a game once in a while. It is designed to get them addicted for life. That's how they make consumers out of our children. So at the risk of sounding like a technology prude or whatever you want to say, I think it's worth arguing in favor of our children. I think it's worth grabbing parents by the shoulders and saying, stop assuming this is no big deal. Stop assuming that this is innocent. Stop thinking that you're the lesser of the evils because there are other parents out there who have no boundaries with iPads and you let your kid have yours only for a little bit. Wake up. This is literally transforming our children. And guess what? We are the main culprits. We are addicted to our phones. Not like we use them too much. We're addicted to our phones. Our brain chemistry has changed. We pick up our freaking phones constantly. If it's not in our pocket or by our side, we're uncomfortable. We never just leave it in the other room anymore. This is a problem. So this month is dedicated to that shake up and wake up to get us to a place where we are understanding that this has to be addressed. Head on, this has to be addressed. And we wanted to start it here to educate and inform and give you options so that you can make the right decisions for your family. Because what we choose for our family and what you choose for your family can look very different. We are different, but it shouldn't just be trip and fall into it and see what happens. Thank you so much for tuning in. I believe that you can find the right healthy approach to technology for your family and for your business and for your life. If this helped you or served you in any way, please share it. Please put it out into the world, tag us, and let us continue this ripple effect of raising incredible luminaries and supporting each other in that process. If you haven't yet left a review, please do so. It means so much to us. We read everyone. And if you don't have time to write a review, could you just go hit the five-star rating? Takes like two seconds. Thank you so much. And until next time. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.